Thank you for joining us for this edition of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua. You're listening to our new audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. Today, we're talking about navigating the talent acquisition challenges of a major hospital expansion, the new Lucille Packard Children's Hospital Stanford, which is nationally ranked and recognized in 10 specialties and has been for 13 consecutive years. The newly expanded facility of Lucille Packard Children's Hospital Stanford opened in December 2017, a more than half a million square foot building that doubled the size of the existing pediatric and obstetric hospital campus. It added 149 patient beds, bringing the total on the Palo Alto campus to 361. This new facility is America's most technologically advanced, family-friendly, and environmentally sustainable hospital for children and expectant mothers, and has proudly earned the LEAD Platinum Distinction. Joining us is Dr. Ekta Vias, the Director of Human Resources at Lucille Packard Children's Hospital Stanford, Stanford Children's Health. As a trained industrial organizational psychology practitioner with 20 years of experience, Ekta is a regular conference and panel speaker and has been published in academic and practitioner journals. She is a regular contributor to Forbes.com and also currently serves as adjunct faculty at San Jose State University School of Management within the Lucas College of Business. Among the challenges facing the Human Resources Group was the need to hire more than 500 new employees for a high-acuity environment, the complexity of hiring in Silicon Valley, along with the high cost of living and commuting barriers it brings, and synchronizing strategic timelines between corporate marketing, hospital expansion, and the talent acquisition teams. This hiring need was in addition to their regular average recruitment based on standard turnover for normal business operations. The employer branding strategy and recruitment infrastructure and development work undertaken for this formidable expedition was spearheaded by Dr. Ectavias. The success of the project is being widely recognized across healthcare and other industries and has been published as a case study in the fall 2017 issue of the esteemed journal of HR People and Strategy. ECTA has recently presented this work at the People in Healthcare Talent Management Alliance Conference and as a keynote at NCHRA's Talent Acquisition Conference. ECTA has been in the healthcare industry for 12 years and before this undertaking was a director of HR at Stanford University Medical Center. Thank you for joining us today, ECTA, and lending us your expertise. Thank you, Nicole, for inviting me to the People Scout Talent Talk. It's actually a great pleasure and honor to be sharing this fabulous work done by my team, uh, their accomplishments, uh, and the insights we have gained by going through this journey. Thank you, Ekta. And I know there are a lot of organizations undergoing this type of expansion. I know the insights from your success will help a lot of people. So to start, an undertaking like this certainly involved a lot of planning and timeline benchmarks. Can you share what analytical data was deployed for your team to prepare for this undertaking? Sure, sure. Um, So uh, this definitely was uh, not a short-term journey. This was a very long journey for us, uh, at least going back five years, when you talk about preparing for the journey. And our preparation involved multiple stages of data analysis, uh, which were definitely collected and assessed at different stages across a couple of years. I'd say mainly from 2013 through 2016 was the real hard work. Um, And there are 
three major areas that I can think of where we did leverage uh, insights from data to inform uh, our strategy. Uh, so the, the major criteria for our success was to build a strong talent pipeline for the future with passive candidates who are not actively seeking a position or those who do not have full awareness of our employer brand. So first set of analytical data was a mix of qualitative and quantitative assessment of our competitive landscape. Uh, and it was undertaken to help us understand the strength of our employer brand and what was needed to make our employer presence stronger in the talent market. We completed the work in 2014, and it was immensely helpful in giving us key insights to build a strong talent pipeline for our future hiring needs. Um, basically, our goal was to reach out to prospective candidates with a value proposition, which matched the realities of our organization, as well as had an aspirational component for the future. So we undertook an environmental scan, which assessed the offerings of other organizations, where we were losing our talent to or where we draw the talent from, and then identifying what differentiates us in the talent market. And then we undertook an internal analysis, which included an assessment of our cultural strength, um, and that we did by reviewing our employee engagement trends over time, which then helped us develop an employee value proposition, uh, which was reflecting both of the current realities of our employees' experience, and it was aligned in all of our employer branding efforts. Now, that was really to establish our employer branding uh, in the market. Then, you, you know, there is the recruitment process, end-to-end um, -end recruitment process, and again, there was a lot of data analytics in the recruitment process where we um, essentially re-engineered our entire recruitment process including our application process uh, and our applicant tracking system and reduce the application timeline from 45 minutes to less than two minutes. Now you can imagine when you, when you bring it down from 45 minutes to two minutes, how much data analysis has gone into it. And we essentially applied lean process improvement principles uh, to help us identify areas uh, where, where there was less recruiter efficiency and broken cross-functional partnerships. Um, we measured our process timelines for various stages of the recruitment process, and then we set targets to achieve greater operational efficiency by um, re-engineering those processes, um, as well as strengthening our vendor and cross-functional partnerships. Um, these two sets of data that I've shared with you were really um, uh, primarily towards our infrastructure and employer branding work. So this was really to lay an infrastructure and prepare us um, for the recruitment that was coming our way. And then the third set of data analysis was to prepare us for the execution because we wanted to understand what are actually, what is the actual volume we are dealing with. And that was for our workforce planning purposes. So we assessed our turnover, vacancy, time to fill trends for the past three years. And that was to get an estimation of the number and types of positions that were to be added for the expansion. Um, so we had the numbers for our projected growth, and then when we did the data mining for the past three years trends, it basically told us what our requisition run rate was. Um, so combining all of that data, we were able to then create separate plans for each hospital unit uh, that was included in the expansion uh, with an estimated total volume of recruitment for each unit, which was immensely helpful because that was actually the true recruitment that we were dealing with.
Now, upon concluding the types and quantities of these new positions, how did your team go about validating the estimated 500 new associates? Did finance, operations, and other leadership participate in the process, and to what extent? So, the initial estimates for the types and quantities of the new positions were completed by our hospital transition team, uh, which was in collaboration with finance and operations. This made sense since the workforce additions had to be guided by our revenue projections for various existing and new services and the number of beds that were being added for the units moving to our new facility. Uh, and then the infrastructure and service support needed for from our ancillary functions. And all new FTEs associated with the hospital expansion were actually centralized in just one cost center that was owned by our hospital transition team. Uh, when it comes to the validation part, uh, my team's role in the validation process was mainly at the workflow management level for the final budget approval and the release of positions for posting and recruitment. So we have an internal position review committee, we call it PRC in short, and it is presided by key executives uh, such as our chief HR officer, our chief finance officer, our chief nursing officer, who review and approve um, all the new and backfill positions that are open for recruitment. Um, for particularly the expansion project, um, my team completed a customized and streamlined PRC process to design a workflow that included approvals from the line vice presidents, uh, hospital transition, and then finally the position review committee before being routed to human resources for the recruitment action. Now, since this was an auto automated process, uh, it created transparency for every stakeholder to check the status of a submitted request as any, at any time. And then another tool that we used for validation was for continuous audits uh, through a smart sheet, which was our single source of truth for all key stakeholders, including the hospital transition team and talent acquisition. Uh, it was regularly, regularly reviewed. It was continually updated by key team members who were involved in the position review and the recruitment process. And what it did was keep um, all parties um, updated on the changes that were being made due to continuous recalibration of FTEs and the budgetary shifts, the changes in the start dates, or the shifts in the FTE versus the headcount ratio. Um, I have to say our staffing projections went through several rounds of recalibration. Uh, many times the challenge for the recruiters was really not in terms of knowing which positions were truly moving forward in the recruitment process until all needed approvals had been obtained and they could really post the position. But the transparency created by the automated PRC workflow and the smart sheet allowed us to have the needed conversations with all stakeholders. Uh, through that single source of truth. So once validation had been met, how did you determine the best means of acquiring all of this new talent? Can you provide a broad brush overview of how you set about to plan and implement this daunting project? What sort of internal and external resources did you deploy? As I had indicated earlier in, in my previous responses, our primary strategy was to prepare for this high volume recruitment through a very strong employer branding effort and spending time up front to develop a talent pipeline for the future. 
And the other critical components of our strategy were to ensure that we had a solid recruitment infrastructure built through automated processes and internal process efficiencies. The thought process behind this approach was that building the infrastructure takes time. Gaining attention of passive candidates takes time. Strengthening the presence of your employer brand in the talent market takes time. Now, if these components are in place, what you need for the high volume recruitment months is a strong team and a well thought out execution plan, accounting for key operational considerations and stakeholder relationships. So if I take that a little more into detail, then the employer branding and the recruitment marketing effort we undertook essentially gave us the presence in the talent market that we needed to attract the passive candidates. Our goal was to increase the size of our talent pool by at least four times of what we had in 2013 and develop an engaged group of potential candidates who would become increasingly interested in what offerings we had for them in the future. Because we created, we, we started developing the talent pipeline way before all these positions were going to be open. So we had to show them a glimpse in the future. Um, we created a talent network on a career website. So if they couldn't find a job match, uh, then um, at that point in time, they could join our talent network and they could be sourced for a good fit in the upcoming months. Uh, it was also important for us to be able to track where you know, the funds we were spending on our recruitment marketing effort were bringing us any returns. So it, that was really, really important for us to determine if our channel communication strategy needed any shifts. So there was a lot of thinking early on that went into building a technology-enabled recruitment sourcing and tracking infrastructure which was efficient enough to provide us continuous insights on the return on investment. Now, with all of that said, um, I have to emphasize that the technology infra infrastructure was a major component for creating recruiter efficiency for our high volume period. Uh, it at least took two years in development and execution. Uh, it included a complete process reengineering of the recruitment process. We automated several processes that were previously manual. We outsourced some of the processes that were handled by our internal teams, such as candidate reference checks and relocation. Um, we integrated a suite of solutions that hosted our career website, uh, sourcing module, automated job boards, our applicant tracking system, and an advanced analytics modules. Uh, so all of this was to get insights on how each piece of our overall machinery was working. since. Um, one of our employer brand objectives uh, was to leverage our existing employees as brand ambassadors. We streamlined and completely automated our employee referral program for a better employee experience. Now, that's really more about you know the overall of the planning phase, but then then a very significant component is the execution. So when we officially kicked off the recruitment project for the hospital expansion, we implemented a governance structure, which was comprised of a recruitment steering committee, and we had four subcommittees, each for um, patient care, clinical support, treatment center, and general services. So this governance structure was actually developed in a thought partnership between our CHRO, Greg Souza, and our VP of Hospital Transition, Jill Sullivan. And the positions grouped within each subcommittee were then closely aligned based on homogenous functional areas. They were chaired by a leader from our line management, such as a vice president or a senior level director. And our talent acquisition manager, Daniel Hilms, partnered 
with the subcommittee chairs. Uh, and what we ended up doing was embedding the recruiters within each subcommittees based on their areas of assignment. Um, so there were separate charters that were established for the steering committee and the subcommittees, which included accountability for budget oversight. We had um, hiring manager responsibilities. We had um, interview process efficiencies, uh, and then a flow for issue escalations and problem solving. The good thing in this governance structure was, um, and the best for us, uh, especially for me, that our CHRO, uh, who I report to, was also a member of other enterprise level committees that are related to expansion. And he would continually keep the executives informed of the progress and escalate and raise any concerns if he needed prompt action on the part of the executives. Uh, another big component of the execution plan was our panel interviews. For We use those for high volume hiring areas like food service workers and housekeeping. Um, we increased our new grad nursing hires by 25% and there were multiple enhancements made to our onboarding process, which included, um, we had included an onboarding portal, launched a new onboarding portal, increased our numbers of number of onboarding sessions and streamlined our security badge process. Uh, essentially, it was really, really to create a seamless candidate experience from the time they had applied for a job through the time that they were onboarded. It sounds like you have a very collaborative environment. So this might overlap with what you mentioned earlier regarding employment branding. How much did marketing and social media play a part in all of this? And how tight was the partnership between marketing and human resources in driving messaging and help in sourcing? I am so glad you asked this question because in absence of this component, I don't think we could have achieved what we achieved. It was one of our most significant components of the strategy um, resulting in the successes that we achieved. So, um, um, yes, you're right. There's a little bit of an overlap because our marketing journey started in 2013 with the employee value proposition. Now, at that time for us, the employee value proposition practice was fairly new at that point. So we actually partnered with a marketing consultant, and he helped us develop the framework and conduct the research through qualitative focus groups and quantitative results of the engagement study that I was referring to initially. Now, we took these findings and we established a new careers web career website with our updated employer brand, uh, and we also built a recruitment marketing strategy to prepare for the high volume recruitment that was coming our way. We definitely, once our strategy was prepared, we had to socialize it with our chief HR officer and our chief marketing officer because going forward, first of all, you know, they had to agree that what we had, we were developing as an employer brand was uh, aligned to our Stanford Children's Health brand, which was still evolving. Uh, and then secondly, uh, it helped establish uh, the resources that we needed. Uh, for actually making that plan very successful. So once we had that sponsorship from our executives, for the critical hiring period, we ended up hiring a marketing expert who was housed within human resources. And her main task was to execute the employer branding and the recruitment marketing plan that, that we had put in place. Hiring our own resource actually was a critical step for us since she was able to translate our needs into marketing terms and then advocate to other parts of the organization, mainly marketing team and then the communication and marketing group within hospital expansion, so that we could better coordinate with them and leverage resources within the organization. 
Now, with with the work that she was doing, um, our first internal initiative was to create an awareness campaign uh, for employee referral program, uh, which launched six months before our critical hiring period. This actually um, helped us uh, immensely because um, this helped us understand the internal communication, what internal communication tools were most successful to develop our employees as brand ambassadors. So in the first two months of our campaign, we had over 500 referrals and 30% of our hires from the ERP program. And we were able to leverage the information we gained from that internal campaign. Um, we leveraged all of that information for the coming upcoming critical hiring period and ensured that ERP was a successful tool. So that is actually an internal campaign. I know you you also wanted to know more about our social media campaign. And our collaboration there was mainly with our corporate marketing team. Uh, our chief marketing officer, Les Lifter, he was an early supporter of our recruitment marketing strategy plan, like I mentioned earlier. So Patricia actually partnered with multiple members of the marketing team and the communication person from the hospital expansion team. And um, all three areas actually worked to align the messages about the hospital expansion and ensure the recruitment message was incorporated in all of our major marketing efforts, including social media and media relations strategies. How we staff the hospital expansion and increase in jobs it brings to the community, that was an important part of the overall story. And uh, we were also working with them to develop marketing content like videos and photo shoots that could be leveraged across multiple marketing initiatives, uh, inclusive of the recruitment. So um, I think I think with all of that said, for our branding and campaign efforts, uh, we did have to work with multiple different marketing people within our internal communications, brand and PR media relations and social media, our in-house graphic designers, uh, corporate marketing had recently evolved our brand positioning. Uh, so our first step was to refresh the employer brand messaging and creative to align with our consumer brand and then work with our corporate brand director to um, revise basically our employer positioning uh, and partnering with the graphic design department uh, for the creative development. It was, uh, it was truly, truly such a collaborative effort and we are, we have continually, continually um, thanked our marketing partners uh, and we've actually involved them uh, through and through in our strategy performance, also in sharing the recognition of our recruitment successes. Thank you, Ekta. I do have another two-part question for you. Can you provide our listeners with some of the many successful results and highlights of the project? And number two, which of those results did you find most personally gratifying and why? Well, this whole question, answering this whole question is going to be very, very gratifying <laughs> because uh, we, have, we have seen results which are really unparalleled. So let me let me address your first question um, about the successful results and highlights of the project. So as I said, this was an extremely successful project for us by all means. Our primary success uh, was that we were able to fill all our critical roles needed to staff our new building on December 9, 2017. This was uh, day one of our opening. Now, knowing that a successful recruitment process is contingent on many, many factors outside of a recruiter's abilities and control, 
we actually ended up setting very realistic expectations with our enterprise leadership about what to expect. So while we were putting 100% of our effort in our planning for the recruitment, our committed target for this project was that we'll fill 90% positions on time, and our stretch goal was 95% positions on time. We, um, so obviously with, with that target and stretch, we included conversations about contingent staffing with our leadership at very early stages while making them aware that the recruitment timeline will also get impacted by efficiencies of the hiring managers in interviewing candidates in making timely decisions, uh, whether positions are released to be opened uh, in a timely manner from a budget perspective or are there delays in opening positions, all these factors. Uh, could have impacted our recruitment. And so measuring our success, we actually ended up achieving 98% of recruitment on time with no contingent staffing needed for the expansion positions. Now, the remaining 2% that we did not fill um, for the opening was really not due to recruitment. Uh, we used contingent staff for a very short period in time for those 2%, and that was not because of recruitment issues. We had some operational considerations to be addressed before we could bring full-time employees on board. So I, I can honestly, I feel like we met 100% of our goal. Um, now, the other successful result for this project is really how this project actually is a great example of evidence-based management practices. We had, um, we had used research from employer branding field, from marketing fields to actually create our strategy, and we had a huge return on invest investment. Our brand marketing efforts resulted in 65% increase in unique users on our career site. Uh, we measured the success of our digital marketing campaign, uh, and we did it like four months prior to our opening, and we were able to see 60% increase in our overall applications, 10% increase in applications per position. Uh, we launched a feature called Apply Later. Mostly, It was mostly for those candidates who were interested in a position but needed more time to apply. And just for the four months I just shared with you uh, where we were measuring it, um, Prior to our opening, we saw a 43% increase in apply later, later. We were talking about social media, and our social media campaign resulted in a 32% increase in applications that came through social media sourcing. Now, with all of this effort, uh, we saw a 9% decrease in our time to fill for the expansion positions, an average reduction of 20 days in our overall time to fill across all positions. Uh, and despite engaging some search firms for um, specialty and high volume positions, our overall cost of hire for this project was actually half of the average cost of hire um, compared to the all industry benchmark published by uh, the Society for Human Resource Management. Um, this is again, you know, as I said, um, it's a testing to our success with an evidence-based practice. LinkedIn actually published a research in 2012 and noted that companies with a strong employer brand achieve 50% cost savings per hire and 28% lower turnover. And honestly, we were really, really able to validate this when we calculated our 2017 cost per hire based on the SHRAM model, and our cost per hire was half of the SHRAM average for all industries in 2017. So this really, the successful results and highlights of the project. Now, you had a follow-up question, um, secondary question on what I find the most personally gratifying. Um, 
it, it's it's actually a very significant project to me, and I'm very sure that at the end of my professional career, when I look back, this work will be amongst the few most gratifying initiatives for me. Uh, for all the results that I've shared with you, um, personal gratification definitely was achieved at many different levels. But what I'll say stands out for me, um, I have an immense feeling of pride and gratitude for the opportunity to be part of this significant journey and endeavor. The opening of our new facility uh, was really a work in progress for over a decade. And just witnessing and experiencing the commitment and hard work of all the brilliant minds and dedicated souls that made this happen, um, and being able to say that you were part of a team that contributed significantly towards the successful opening, that in itself is so uplifting and rewarding. Uh, regardless of um, having your own vision, your own strategy on how to you know, best prepare for the endeavor, the reality is um, that the success of that strategy depends on the expertise and skill set of many, many others. When you partner with this kind of a team of professionals, there are multiple, multiple new learnings and immense growth as a leader, which I've felt throughout this journey. And, um, you know, it's as much a humbling experience uh, as it is full of honor and pride. So, I mean, it really goes beyond uh, personal gratification. It's, it's really, really deep felt. From your perspective, Ekta, what are the keys to success for an HR leader who's about to undergo a similar expansion or new hospital opening? Sure, sure. Um, so, uh, you've heard a lot about, you know, that this was really a journey. Uh, I've talked about at least five years, um, and three of those were really in the making when we were talking, we were building infrastructure, you know, talking about employer branding, establishing our presence. So, one of the things I would emphasize is uh, anybody who's undertaking this kind of a journey should start planning early. Uh, dedicate significant time to understand your customers, your collaborators, your company culture prior to engaging very heavily with your internal partners. You really need to understand what is that engagement about? What are you asking uh, as HR? What are you asking from corporate marketing? What, what are you asking from hiring managers? And what do you have to offer to them to make this a successful collaboration uh, for, a, for a successful outcome for all? Um, it's also really important uh, that you know you assess your current state to set the right targets for that successful outcome. And we've talked a lot about data analytics um, initially, and what I can tell you is that judgment calls have to be made regularly in informing your strategy. Data may not always fit with the complexity of the situation. Sometimes you know you want a set of data and you may not be able to get it regardless of how robust your technology is. Um, uh, the, uh, you know, when I think of staffing or a recruitment project, um, that kind of a project is also contingent on process efficiencies you create with other HR functional areas. So I've talked about the immediate team that I partnered with, um, but then there's uh, a, an expanded team, which is overall HR. So successes that we attained were not just because of the work done by the recruitment team. There was a significant level of work done by compensation, HRIS, employee and labor relations, learning and development, HR operations, and all of their work was equally important in ensuring that we're successful in this project uh, and that we can create a seamless experience for candidates 
as well as the hospital management who were involved in the recruitment process. Uh, healthcare, I believe, you know, you know that it, it's it's a very heavily regulated industry and also unionized, at least for employers in California for us. So the recruitment process can be significantly influenced by provisions in the bargaining contracts. It's really, really important to respect the expertise that each HR partner brings to the table in assessing your overall process requirements and ensuring due diligence and involving all the partners in appropriate decision making. Um, you know, the sooner you realize you cannot do it alone and the quality of cross-functional partnerships can help or hinder the implementation of your well thought out and well laid out strategy. Um, it, it's really, really important to realize that early on because strategy is just half, half of the, of the uh, piece of the puzzle. Um, now, one last thing that I would want to add um, is the significance of executive sponsorship. I am, I, I am so privileged and so is my team to have done this project in an environment where executive sponsorship um, was so critical and so valuable and um, so available to us. Um, our CHRO and our CIO at Kapetsky, um, they're both invested in digital transformations, so it made it possible for us to have that sponsorship to establish a robust technology infrastructure. Our VP of Hospital Transformation, our Chief Nursing Officer, our Chief Marketing Officer, all were extremely sensitive to the timeline we had for our recruitment goals. They were extremely responsive to whatever we needed from them. Um, so, you know, we have heard uh, a lot of uh, people talking about projects and saying it truly takes a village. And we, we really, really, really can validate to that, uh, it, re it truly takes a village to get the results we were able to and successfully meet the challenges uh, of such a high volume recruitment that, that we actually handled. Well, Ekta, thank you so much for joining us today. You clearly have a lot of passion and knowledge, and we appreciate you sharing this with us and with our listeners. So thank you for listening to this edition of Talking Talent with People Scout. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. You can email them to us at marketing at peoplescout.com, or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to Talking Talent on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. Talking Talent is a People Scout production, music by sound design through Shutterstock.